O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Friday, July 2nd. I want to draw your attention to a pic on the navigation menu on Daily Audio Torah website. It is found under our projects and partners. Select Torah House Global Prayer Network. This is a call to believers throughout the nations everywhere to take a place on the wall of prayer and to raise up a standard against the rising tide of evil and lawlessness that we see in our nations and in our culture. Let me share with you from their vision statement. The Torah House is an imaginary space where we meet each Arab Shabbat, Friday night, at 9 p.m., We all pray from our own location and in our own time zone. Together, we will enter into the virtual Torah house every Arab Shabbat at 9 p.m. your local time. His set-apart people will meet with Yeshua in His Torah house. Community prayer is of tremendous value because as we pray of one heart, mind, and purpose, great power is released in the heavens. We begin our prayer time with a great shofar blast and enter Yahovah's courts with praise. We come against the relentless tide of evil that is swallowing up the nations. We ask our Father to establish His Torah in our city, our region, and our nation. Each month there is a featured prayer theme for the month so that together we can focus our prayers on the prayer theme for that month. Go to thetorahouse.com to see the prayer theme for this month. To learn more or to sign up to become a partner, coordinator, or member, go to thetorahouse.com and find out more. Join with others throughout the nations every Friday night at 9 p.m. your time, as together we raise up a symphony of prayer to Abba Father in seeking His face and crying out to Him for the remnant to return to the God of Israel and to His great and glorious Torah. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Pinchas. Numbers 29, 1-20 Celebrate the festival of trumpets each year on the day of the first day of the appointed month in early autumn. You must call an official day for holy assembly and you may do no ordinary work. On that day you must present a burnt offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. It will consist of one young bull, one ram, and seven one-year-old male lambs, all with no defects. 
These must be accompanied by grain offerings of choice flour moistened with olive oil, six quarts with the bull, four quarts with the ram, and two quarts with each of the seven lambs. In addition, you must sacrifice a male goat as a sin offering to purify yourselves and make yourselves right with Yahweh. These special sacrifices are in addition to your regular monthly and daily burnt offerings, and they must be given with their prescribed grain offerings and liquid offerings. These offerings are given as a special gift to the Lord, a pleasing aroma to Him. Offerings for the Day of Atonement Ten days later, on the tenth day of the same month, you must call another holy assembly. On that day, the Day of Atonement, the people must go without food and must do no ordinary work. You must present a burnt offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. It will consist of one young bull, one ram, and seven one-year-old male lambs, all with no defects. These offerings must be accompanied by the prescribed grain offerings of choice flour moistened with olive oil, six quarts of choice flour with the bull, four quarts of choice flour with the ram, and two quarts of choice flour with each of the seven lambs. You must also sacrifice one male goat for a sin offering. This is in addition to the sin offering of atonement and the regular daily burnt offering with its grain offering and their accompanying liquid offerings. Offerings for the Feast of Sukkot Five days later, on the fifteenth day of the same month, you must call another holy assembly of all the people, and you may do no ordinary work on that day. It is the beginning of the festival of Sukkot, a seven-day festival to the Lord. On the first day of the festival, you must present a burnt offering as a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. It will consist of thirteen young bulls, two rams, and fourteen one-year-old male lambs, all with no defects. Each of these offerings must be accompanied by a grain offering of choice flour moistened with olive oil, six quarts for each of the thirteen bulls, four quarts for each of the two rams, and two quarts for each of the fourteen lambs. You must also sacrifice a male goat as a sin offering in addition to the regular burnt offering with its accompanying grain offering and liquid offering. On the second day of this seven-day festival, sacrifice twelve young bulls, two rams, and fourteen one-year-old male lambs, all with no defects. Each of these offerings of bulls, rams, and lambs must be accompanied by its prescribed grain offering and liquid offering. You must also sacrifice a male goat as a sin offering, in addition to the regular burnt offering with its accompanying grain offering and liquid offering. On the third day of the festival, sacrifice eleven young bulls, two rams, and fourteen one-year-old male lambs, all with no defects. Second Kings 20, 1-22-2 Hezekiah's Sickness and Recovery About that time Hezekiah became deathly ill, and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to visit him. He gave the king this message. This is what Yahweh says, Set your affairs in order, for you are going to die. 
you will not recover from this illness. When Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and prayed to Yahweh. Remember, O Yahweh, how I have always been faithful to you and have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. But before Isaiah had left the middle courtyard, this message came to him from the Lord. Go back to Hezekiah, the leader of my people. Tell him, This is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David, says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you, and three days from now you will get out of bed and go to the temple of the Lord. I will add fifteen years to your life, and I will rescue you and this city from the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my own honor and for the sake of my servant David. Then Isaiah said, Make an ointment from figs. So Hezekiah's servants spread the ointment over the boil, and Hezekiah recovered. Meanwhile, Hezekiah had said to Isaiah, What sign will the Lord give to prove that he will heal me, and that I will go to the temple of the Lord three days from now? Isaiah replied, This is the sign from the Lord to prove that he will do as you promised. Would you like the shadow on the sundial to go forward ten steps or backward ten steps? The shadow always moves forward, so that would be easy. Make it go ten steps backward instead. So Isaiah the prophet asked the Lord to do this, and he caused the shadow to move ten steps backward on the sundial of Ahaz. Envoys from Babylon Soon after this, Merodach Baladan, son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent Hezekiah his best wishes and a gift, for he had heard that Hezekiah had been very sick. Hezekiah received the Babylonian envoys and showed them everything in his treasure houses, the silver, the gold, the spices, and the aromatic oils. He also took them to see his armory and showed them everything in his royal treasuries. There was nothing in his palace or kingdom that Hezekiah did not show them. Then Isaiah the prophet went to King Hezekiah and asked him, What did those men want? Where were they from? Hezekiah replied, They came from the distant land of Babylon. What did they see in your palace? Isaiah asked. They saw everything, Hezekiah replied. I showed them everything I own, all my royal treasuries. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Listen to this message from the Lord. The time is coming when everything in your palace, all the treasures stored up by your ancestors until now, will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. Some of your very own sons will be taken away into exile. They will become eunuchs who will serve in the palace of Babylon's king. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, This message you have given me from the Lord is good. But the king was thinking, At least there will be peace and security during my lifetime. The rest of the events in Hezekiah's reign, including the extent of his power and how he built a pool and dug a tunnel to bring water into the city, are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. Hezekiah died, and his son Manasseh became the next king. King Manasseh 
was twelve years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem fifty-five years. His mother was Hephzibah. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, following the detestable practices of the pagan nations that the Lord had driven from the land ahead of the Israelites. Acts 21, 18-36 The next day Paul went with us, Luke and Paul's other companions, to meet with James, and all the elders of the Jerusalem church were present. After greeting them, Paul gave a detailed account of the things that God had accomplished among the Gentiles through his ministry. After hearing this, they praised God, and then they said, You know, dear brother, how many thousands of Jews have also believed, and they all follow the law or Torah of Moses very seriously. But the Jewish believers here in Jerusalem have been told that you are teaching all the Jews who live among the Gentiles to turn their backs on the Torah of Moses. They've heard that you teach them not to circumcise their children or follow other Jewish customs. What should we do? They will certainly hear that you have come. Here's what we want you to do. We have four men here who have completed their vow. Go with them to the temple and join them in the purification ceremony, paying for them to have their heads ritually shaved. Then everyone will know that the rumors are all false and that you yourself observe the Jewish laws. As for the Gentile believers, they should do what we already told them in a letter. They should abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. So Paul went to the temple the next day with the other men. They had already started the purification ritual, so he publicly announced the date when their vows would end and sacrifices would be offered for each of them. The seven days were almost ended when some Jews from the province of Asia saw Paul in the temple and roused a mob against him. They grabbed him, yelling, Men of Israel, help us! This is the man who preaches against our people everywhere and tells everybody to disobey the Jewish laws. He speaks against the temple and even defiles this holy place by bringing in Gentiles. For earlier that day they had seen him in the city with Trophimus, a Gentile from Ephesus, and they assumed Paul had taken him into the temple. The whole city was rocked by these accusations, and a great riot followed. Paul was grabbed and dragged out of the temple, and immediately the gates were closed behind him. As they were trying to kill him, the word reached the commander of the Roman regiment that all Jerusalem was in an uproar. He immediately called out his soldiers and officers and ran down among the crowd. When the mob saw the commander and the troops coming, they stopped beating Paul. Then the commander arrested him and ordered him bound with two chains. He asked the crowd who he was and what he had done. Some shouted one thing and some another. Since he couldn't find out the truth in all the uproar and confusion, he ordered that Paul be taken to the fortress. As Paul reached the stairs, the mob grew so violent The soldiers had to lift him to their shoulders to protect him. And the crowd followed him, shouting, Kill him! Kill him! 
Psalm 151-6 Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heaven. Praise Him for His mighty works. Praise His unequaled greatness. Praise Him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise Him with the lyre and harp. Praise Him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise Him with strings and flutes. Praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 18, 9 and 10 A lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run to him, and they are safe. Imagine that you are inside of a UPS shipping center, and there are five or six big boxes that are sitting on the shelf that are unclaimed. And they've been sitting on the shelf for quite some time, and they're very valuable gifts. And they've attempted on numerous occasions to deliver these gifts to the intended recipients, but there's nobody home, or they don't accept or receive the gift, uh, and it just sits there on the shelf at the UPS shipping center. Unclaimed gifts. Now, why do I bring this up? I want to zoom in on our Torah portion, Numbers chapter 29 today. And in this chapter, we look at some of the feasts of Yahweh. We look at the Festival of Trumpets. We look at the Day of Atonement. And we look at the Feast of Sukkot, which is seven days. And for centuries, the mainstream church did not receive these gifts from the Lord. They rejected them. Uh, there's also Passover and Feast of Unleavened Bread and Shavuot, which were not covered in this chapter. But all of those feasts, festivals, gifts from the Lord were rejected by the mainstream church for many, many centuries. It goes back to the Council of Nicaea when the early church fathers came together and made some decisions and decided to change things. They decided to move Sabbath to Sunday, that that would be the day of gathering and celebration and worship. And they decided to cut themselves off from the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith and to have nothing to do, to do with these feasts. In Leviticus 23, it says in the scriptures that these are the feasts of the Lord. They're not the feasts of the Jews. They're the feasts of the Lord. And in choosing not to receive these gifts, um, Basically, they're rejecting God's word. But yet there is a remnant people today and in the last 30 years who are beginning to receive these gifts, who are saying, you know what, this is for us. This is for us to receive. And they're opening up these packages and receiving them with joy and gladness. 
because there's a reason why they're called feasts. They're occasions of great joy, the only exception being the Day of Atonement. That day is a day of sorrow and grief and a day of repentance, a day of mourning. But all the other feasts are joyous festivals. This year, we have some fall feasts coming up. Depending upon which calendar you follow, and I'm looking at a Monte Judah calendar, um, the Feast of Trumpets, the eve of the Feast of Trumpets is September the 8th, and the day of the Feast of Trumpets is September the 9th. And then that's Tishri 1. Then on Tishri 9, we have the Day of Atonement, and that's on September the 17th. And on that day, oh, that the eve, the eve of the Day of Atonement is September 17th. And then the High Sabbath, the full day, it begins at sundown on September 17th, which is a Friday, and it goes all day into Saturday, September the 18th. And on this day, it's a day of mourning and fasting and, and not eating and repenting, repenting of our sins. In the spirit, it's um, that's when heaven's court is in session, and that's when we can plead our case before the Lord the Feast of Tabernacles this year is one week long, and it begins September the 23rd, day one, that's Tishri 15. So the eve of the Feast of Tabernacles is September 22nd, and it goes all the way through to September the 30th. That's Shemini Atzeret. So I really encourage you to keep these feasts. Mark them on your calendar. Set aside the Feast of Tabernacles. If you work, if you can, try to plan to take that time off from work. And gather with a local fellowship. There are many different Sukkot meetings that happen throughout the country. And I'm not just talking about putting up a sukkah in the backyard and sukkah schlepping from home to home each night. No, I'm talking about actually getting out of your home and staying out in a in the wilderness, out away from the city, in a camp. A camp where you stay in an RV or a trailer or a tent uh, or a cabin, and you gather with your local fellowship for those seven or eight days, camping out of your normal living situation. The spring feasts are all about the first coming of Yeshua, our Messiah, and he fulfilled the spring feasts in every detail. The fall feasts are all about his second coming. They point us to his second coming, and when he returns, he will fulfill all of these fall feasts in every detail. So um, open up these gifts receive them. They are such a blessing to keep. Put them on your calendar. Take the time off from work and celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles or Sukkot. Keep these feasts. That's all I have for today, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Yevrekka Adonai 
Vish Mareka Yaya Adonai Anavilaka Vikuneka Isa Adonai Anav Ileka the Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.